Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show, and you hear War Eagle. We're going to go to Auburn's second famous alumni behind Bo Jackson. That's Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, where he gets a weekend off because the Auburn Tigers are open today. Lynn, I hope you rest and enjoy college football today. Uh, yeah, well, of course we don't ever get a we don't ever get a weekend off. Uh, as you as you know, I'll be covering games long distance. I, I do get to avoid a road trip, so that's a that's a good thing. But you know, we we cover them all, and uh, and and write you know I write columns every week about other stuff, so you you know that. But you're right, it is a it's a, a rare time that I don't uh, uh, have an assignment with a press pass uh, to have to go to a ball game. So it, it is a a little bit unusual time for me. The uh, you know, and it's. Uh, We've reached the middle of the season, and some things you always at this point can kind of project ahead and see where you're looking for bowl projections, how your conference is going to do. And then we've got another unique situation kind of in, in the way games are playing out. I'll, you and I have talked about before, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But I think what Mississippi State lost last night, and I don't, I don't know how many people stayed up to 1.30 to see the I end did. of the thing. I did. But I did too. And, uh, and you know, it's a game that could have won. Uh, lost it in lost it in overtime for anybody that doesn't know yet in double overtime out in Provo lost to Brigham Young twenty eight twenty one. It looks to me like that that Mississippi State uh, I I don't see really a path where Mississippi State qualifies for a bowl. Uh, just being realistic, and I know we got some state fans in the audience, but you got to be realistic about the way it looks. Over so on the other side, I don't see a way that South Carolina and uh, and Vanderbilt qualify for a bowl. I, I think it's a you know, no better than fifty-fifty, probably that Kentucky and Missouri qualify for a bowl. Uh, but I think we're—I think we're three of the teams probably are not going to make it, and and realistically, probably a couple, at least a couple of more. Uh, that would leave the SEC with with uh, say nine to eleven. But but I I believe every team in the West will qualify, other than Mississippi State. Um, and and of course Tennessee is going to qualify, and you're going to assume that Georgia and Florida are. Out of the uh, out of the east, which would which would give you uh, would give you nine teams, and that I think we got ten bids, so we we come close. And so interesting the way that that's uh, okay. You know that that's, <clears throat> that that's developing uh, right now, so you can kind of project how that's going to turn out. Talking with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, Lynn takes you to ten every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. Lynn, I was rather critical and harsh on Mississippi State this morning. I think first of all, great job with the uniform combinations. They have certainly turned into the Oregon Ducks of the SEC. And now here's the critical part of it. I know first-year post-Dak Prescott, it's just tough to replace what a great quarterback, arguably the greatest player in Mississippi State history. I understand that. What I don't understand is, in my opinion, you're in a Power Five conference. You're behaving like you're a group of five. I just don't remember or recall seeing many in modern-day era, many SEC teams playing a game on a Friday night with your out-of-conference games, uh, the way their schedule has been this season? Well, the, the scheduling, you know, we've questioned that, and I don't know, and, and I want to say this, Scott Strickland, 
uh, the uh, AD at Mississippi State, uh, who will be taking over at Florida in just a few weeks. Longtime friend of mine, um, and uh, and considering extremely confident, I think he's done an excellent job at Mississippi State. I think he'll he'll uh, be a good change from Foley in Florida. Uh, and I don't know if he was responsible for this schedule or not. But during this season, Mississippi State, who who is in a rebuilding year, I understand when schedules are made in advance, you can't know exactly what's going to happen with your personnel, but. During the season, in between SEC games, they went to Massachusetts and played UMass, which Louisiana Tech is doing today. And then a couple of weeks later, in between SEC games, they go to Provo, Utah, and play on the road. SEC teams, for the most part, don't play road games uh, at, at other teams, particularly like at UMass and at Brigham Young, uh, unless there's a, a pretty strong reciprocal. And you generally don't do it sandwiched in between SEC games. So uh, the schedule, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, What's, what's going to be the things that lead you to be a championship contender? And we, we say two things primarily. Uh, your upper-class leadership, particularly at quarterback, which they don't have, and the scheduling, which they don't have. And so both factors worked against Mississippi State this year. And uh, setting up a schedule where they had to take two road trips all the way to Massachusetts and all the way out to Utah in between ACC games was not a, was not a real good decision. Um, to, and I, 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 I agree with you. I was kind of surprised that that situation was there with the schedule when I when I realized it back in the summer when we were evaluating the schedule. And then also I'm going to be harsh on the BYU fans. You stormed the field after beating the two and four SEC team, so I guess the SEC brand, that just shows why it's the best conference in college football. Yeah, I thought that to myself. When they started storming the field, I'm thinking, wait a minute, they, this guy, these guys hadn't won but two ball games, and uh, and you're playing them at home, and, and you're, you're going to storm the field for beating a two-win team on your home on your home field? So I, I agree with you. I was kind of amazed. I don't mean it to be uh, down toward Mississippi State, say, oh, you're going to storm the field when you beat Mississippi State. Well, the thing is, they stormed the field. First time they've ever had an SEC team, if I understood correctly, first time an SEC team has ever played on their home field. I am probably and, going. And, and the SEC is the bell cow. I don't care what the Big Ten says or what the Pac-12 wants to act like they're coming up to be. Uh, the SEC is and, and will be uh, the top football conference in the country. So when you knock off an SEC team, uh, then it, that's you know that's a strong thing. But this year, knocking off you know South Carolina, Vanderbilt, or Mississippi State is not like knocking off Texas A&M, Alabama, or Tennessee. Uh, and you see that we got a lot to talk about. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about big news in in our neck of the woods, and at least in our state, and that is uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Uh, was very he praised Florida and he was critical of LSU after the rescheduling process. But I think in a lot of people's opinion, it has weakened his stance. You are the commissioner of the SEC. And the way this played out was poor, and I'm going to say it was poor on the league office in Birmingham. But the Florida LSU fiasco, the game has been rescheduled, going to take place November the 19th. Give Joe Oliva, the athletic director for LSU, credit. He said that LSU would not lose a home game. They had the game scheduled with South Alabama, and lo and behold, they did not lose. He was true to his word. They did not lose a home game. Now we'll host the University of Florida on November the 19th. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Of course, anybody in the audience who read my column, I was pretty critical about it, and, uh, and I was critical with the, the way the decision was made in the first place uh, and, and you know, the decision itself, the way it was handled and the timing, and I, I, I don't back off on that at all. Uh, I think the ACC office handled it horribly. Uh, I think uh, that uh, I don't know. Again, I was not – behind closed doors to know how the decision was made and, and which schools and which people had what input. 
Uh, so I, I don't know whether to cast blame at Florida and LSU or not, but the whole thing was handled wrong. The timing was bad. The decision was wrong. Uh, and all the uh, uh, public relations after it was wrong. Um, so with that being said, yes, I, so I agree with you on what you're saying about uh, Commissioner Sankey's office and, and the way this was handled. But I think if you assume the wrong decision is going to be made in the first place and they're not going to play the game on, on that weekend as, as was done at eight other major games where they were in the path of the hurricane, only at Florida did they determine uh, uh, three days in advance uh, that they would not play a game on a field where on the game day it was fine. Uh, all the others did the right thing. But if you assume the wrong thing's going to be done, then it is what it is. You've got to figure the best way to get out of it. And I think the decision made the best one. Uh, it, uh, you know, it allows uh, uh, Florida in a four-year period, Florida and LSU both get two home games. Uh, they just are doing it in double, double sequence. And if you remember, uh, this has happened before uh, doing this when, when South Carolina and Arkansas joined the league in 92 and then when uh, A&M and Missouri joined the league a few years ago, it caused reshuffling of schedules. And I know Auburn, the team that you and I follow, the team that I cover, uh, four, four Lindys, had two situations. They ended up having a back-to-back home games, I believe, at Starkville and they had to do it back at Auburn. And then I know they had back-to-back home games against Georgia and Jordan-Hare brought about by the, the necessity to reshuffle schedules. So it's not unprecedented that uh, situations have caused teams to do that to where you'll play twice uh, in a row at one stadium. And I, I think the way it turned out, it was, the, it was the best way to do it. It just would not have been fair uh, to, have, to have the league with, uh, with teams uh, not playing the same number of games, particularly it being LSU and Florida, who are teams that potentially could have a factor in their respective divisions. Um, and, it, and it wouldn't have been right to the, the overall bowl system, pushing, pushing it back a week uh, for, the, for the bowl championship, for the ACC championship. Uh, I, think, I think, Nick, that this, uh, assuming what you've got to assume in the situation, I think this was the best resolution. Well, and I think it probably was the only resolution. I think it was interesting to see. I think, I think you look at the short term, the big winners, obviously South Alabama, they're going to get paid and then they won't have to play LSU. You look at LSU and Ed Orgeron, I think Orgeron, this increases Ed Orgeron's chances. I think that LSU is going to defeat Florida regardless of where they play. But And then the stretch at the end of the year for Ed Orgeron, I think this is better for LSU and Ed Orgeron. I think his chances of getting the job on a full-time basis. So I think those are your short-term winners in this situation. And I think Florida... Long term, they're still receiving money from the league office, so it's not costing them any money to lose the home game. They're going to get LSU back to back. So, long term winners, I say, is the Florida Gators. Short term, Ed Orgeron in South Alabama. Yeah, and, and you said you know you think LSU will win it. I, it's just no way to say what will happen at the end of November. You got too much to be played in between now and then. You know, LSU will have will have played. Uh, I think uh, Ole Miss and Alabama by then. Uh, they could have two huge wins and be a leader in the conference, or they could be. Uh, uh, going to be the sixth-place team in the league. Uh, it's according to what they got to play for. Florida uh, will have already played Georgia and Arkansas, the two other teams realistically with a chance to beat them. Um, a lot depends on what happens in Knoxville today. Uh, you know, is, is Florida sitting there with a chance to win a ball game and, and uh, back, go in the back door to, uh, to the SEC championship game? So a whole lot, you know, I, I don't think we can really know how the emotion and the, and the momentum is going to go when they're played. But I think in the short term, certainly, that you're, that you're right, that it comes out to, uh, to LSU's benefit. Leonard Fournette would not have played uh, uh, against LSU, I mean, against Florida then. Probably, you know, who, who knows, but could, could play then. 
uh, when they play on the 19th, which would be a big, you know, a big advantage to them. So, but you know, we'll see. But it's, it needed to be played, and I think this was the best, uh, the best outcome that could have could have happened, considering the circumstance. Okay, let's talk about. It. We've got several games. This is Lynn takes you to ten. Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, a couple of games we need to talk about, certainly that Alabama-Tennessee game, and then you also have Ole Miss and Arkansas. I want to start with Ole Miss and Arkansas because, Lynn, uh, Brett Bielema, is this a game that the Razorbacks can really steal? I think would that be your upset special of the week? Within the conference, it certainly is. Um, yeah, I, I lean toward Arkansas winning this game, even though they're a seven-point underdog at home. And there's there's two aspects to this. One is the Arkansas Ole Miss game itself, and then the other is uh, is within the conference. Um, I I really like, like Arkansas's chance to win. The um, you know you, you go with the with the quarterback. We we talk about the you know and Chad Kelly is is the top efficiency quarterback in the conference, and and you got to give him you know top billing in the conference. But uh, there are three quarterbacks in the conference that are in the top twenty in passing efficiency. Chad Kelly's first, but Austin Allen of of Arkansas second, Sean White of Auburn's third. And uh, Austin Allen is quietly uh, the surprise guy in the conference. And, and everybody was saying, well, they're not going to make it because we're swapping Allens, Brandon for Austin. Well, I, I suspect if you check the numbers, Austin's might be better statistically than Brandon. Now, now, you, so hey, that, hold up. You were one of those, I think, at the beginning. You're now a believer in Austin Allen. Well, I don't think it's been proven necessarily yet. Cer- certainly I'm a believer to the point that he's better than I thought he would be and he's allowed Arkansas to be more competitive than I thought they would be offensively. And you got to give him credit. I mean, the, he he passed for like 400 yards or something against Alabama. I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, you know, they you know against against Alabama, they had the ball for 37 minutes. They ran 29 more plays than Alabama, and and had almost 500 yards offense. I mean, if you had told me that going in, I'd have said Arkansas would have won the game. They end up losing by 19 points because he can't stop anybody, and because Alabama's defense continues to score touchdowns. But uh, statistically. The, uh, Arkansas's rushing attack is not up to snuff. It's like 65th or something in the country. But I checked it, and Ole Miss is like 85th. And then you look at total defense, and Arkansas is like 64th or something like that. You're saying, well, that's not good. But you look at Ole Miss, they're 102nd. There's only 26 teams that play football that, that have a worse statistical record against uh, than Ole Miss defensively. So if defense wins games, that goes to Arkansas. If the ground game wins games, that goes to Arkansas. The home crowd advantage goes to Arkansas. And both teams are in the same position. They're both 4-2. and two. They're both 1-1 one and one in the conference. And, um, you know, I, I guess this, this is one I'd be hard-pressed if somebody forced me to bet. I don't know how I'd do it because, you know, you look at it and you're thinking Ole Miss, but, but you really evaluate it. This is a game Arkansas very maybe should win, certainly, certainly could win. And within the conference, you've got two interesting things right now. In in uh, in the conference, you've got an upper tier that right now has established itself as Alabama, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. We'll get to that in a second when we talk about them. Your next tier has really got five teams in it. One's one's well, let's say says got six. So, so let's say you got Georgia, Florida, and LSU, but they don't they don't interchangeably play each other. And um, and right now, Georgia's already got two conference losses. So you you move Georgia out of there because you got two conference losses. But then you've got Arkansas, Mississippi, and Auburn, the three right behind those top three, and all three of them are four and two, one and one in the conference, and nationally ranked. And they play each other in, in a three-week period. You have Ole Miss playing at Arkansas. Then the next week you've got Arkansas playing at Auburn. 
And the next week, you got Auburn playing at Mississippi. So those three teams play each other in a round robin in a three-week period, each one of them having a home game, each one of them having an away game. And today is the first one. If either of those three teams can go 2-0, and then I suspect that's the team that probably considered, it ends up being considered probably the fourth-best team in the conference uh, and, and probably the third-best team in the West. Uh, if, if one of them goes 0-2, then they got the potential to finish sixth in the Western Division. So the, the uh, equality and the parity of the teams are so close that on a given day anybody could knock off anybody. And so you've got that unusual triangular pairing over a three-week period head-to-head uh, that, uh, that is going to, I think, determine the pecking order there of the, of the Western Division. And then according to what happens in the Georgia-Florida game, Georgia could get its third loss there and, uh, and, and really be out of, the, out of the picture altogether. The, the interesting thing, if Tennessee loses today to Alabama, then they've already got two conference losses. And there you got uh, there you got Florida sitting with with one conference loss, and Tennessee and Georgia already with two, so that that's the reason that the LSU uh, right, game yeah. with, with with Florida is so key, and, and also they still got to play Arkansas and Georgia, so Florida didn't have a cakewalk, although they they you know maybe don't have quite as difficult as some others, but it's it's not easy for anybody in the SEC ever. No, you're exactly right. Talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, and I want to talk about real quick, uh, of course, we got that Alabama game with Tennessee, and we'll, we'll focus on that. But I want to say that, you know, uh, you talk about the triangular effect and you look at Texas A&M, you know, everyone just assumed that, you know, we talk Alabama, Alabama, the national championship 14 playoff, and i got to give kudos to Kevin Sumlin and Texas A&M. Number one, nobody's really talking about the Aggies. I don't know if it's the way they win, you know, uh, over Tennessee in overtime, but 4-0 in the league if you look at the standings because they're 4-0 and Alabama's 3-0. Texas A&M is at the top, but it's almost like, okay, it's Alabama, then you got a little line, and then you got Texas A&M, and so there's going to be a showdown. Don't Don't skip to that game, but it's – I think that A&M can use that as a motivational factor because you don't really hear people referring to A&M the way they do Alabama. Well, you've got exactly the same situation there that you have with Arkansas, uh, Auburn, and Mississippi, which is, that's what I was saying before, you've got two exact same situations. You have Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Alabama who have established themselves as a top tier of the conference, and exactly the same deal. In a three-week period of time, they each play each other, they each have a home game, they each have an away game, and their records were identical. Starting last week, all three teams were undefeated. Tennessee went to Texas A&M and lost. Now Alabama goes to Tennessee today. Next week, Texas A&M comes to Alabama. So you had the extremely unusual coincidence of the, the way the teams divided out in the hierarchy, the way it's looking like, and then a true round-robin, three consecutive weeks, nobody having two games at home, nobody having two away, getting head-to-head matches. The second one's today, Alabama going to Tennessee. And you say if anybody finishes wins both of those, they're probably your conference champion. Well, Tennessee can't win them both. They've already lost one. However, they can go 0-2 if they lose today. And if they do, then that puts Florida in the catbird seat if they can win out the rest of their conference games. If Tennessee knocks off Alabama, then you got A&M in the catbird seat if they can come into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama next week. And um, it's just it's, it's interesting the way the schedule came out this year uh, so that a lot of head-to-head stuff is going to you know, it's going to be determined, and I really don't have a strong feeling in any of it. I think Alabama wins today. I don't know if you're ready to go into that game yet, but 
uh, I think Alabama wins. And if we're if we're ready to talk about it, I can give you my thoughts. Well, I tell you, you take us to ten, and we don't have a show at ten oh one. And I know it's probably going to take you four or five minutes to break down the Alabama Tennessee game. I'll just say this: Tennessee very much improved. They've survived and not thrived. I was looking for Tennessee to thrive this year. Hey, great job! You look at their record: five and one overtime loss at A and M. A and M, a very good team. But Tennessee is injured. And then Davey O'Brien, the player that uh, gets carted off the field, promptly comes back to Knoxville as a protocol for the injury, uh, fails a drug test, and is off the team. Is Tennessee healthy enough, and can Alabama's freshman quarterback handle 102,000 at Nayland Stadium? Yeah, no and yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you basically got it nailed there. The uh, A&M, uh, while certainly Tennessee could be 6-0 and with the A&M game, they also could be like 1-5. Uh, they could have lost to Appalachian State. Uh, they were mediocre against Ohio. Uh, they barely beat Georgia at the end. Uh, they, um, uh, you know, quarter, they, they, they struggled against Virginia Tech. About right, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Tech behind twenty-one to nothing. The uh, Tennessee is Tennessee's good, but they're very, very fortunate to have the record they've got right now. Uh, you talk about a team that's decimated of the eleven of the eleven defensive starters that they had in the first game against Appalachian. Uh, I think. I think they've got seven left. Four of them are gone for the year, one thrown off the team, three from injuries. they got some other guys that are, that are injured on the defensive side. Uh, they had nine guys that were uh, – this week they had nine guys that had been playing that were injured. Uh, Hurd is going to play today, I understand, but he's not at full speed. Uh, their other running back, Alvin Kamara, uh, the guy that did so well against A&M, is a former Alabama player, so he's got that, you know, got that situation. Uh, the only thing Tennessee's got going for them is the home, is the home field. You don't, you don't want to have a decimated defense going up against an Alabama offense that's as balanced as this Alabama offense is. And I, I see Alabama, I think it's a 13-point line. Um, if, if Tennessee stays that close, I'll be surprised. If, if Alabama uh, gets a 17-point lead on them or whatever, uh, this is going to finally be the week that Tennessee is not going to catch up. And, and they have every other week. Everybody's been getting a big lead on Tennessee. You let Alabama get a big lead on you, and you've got nine injured players and four of your defensive starters that can't even play. Uh, that's not a that's not a really good scenario to be in. Uh, in the meantime, Texas A&M just kind of gets to sit around and watch and see what's happening. Um, and it's it's been a funny series. Alabama and Auburn both against uh, A&M. Uh, only one time since since A&M's been in the league, only one time has the home team won. Alabama did beat A&M two years ago, but other than that. Uh, Texas A&M has won every time they played in Tuscaloosa or Auburn, and Auburn and Alabama have won every time they played in College Station. So just another kind of quirk in the way that those series are going. Well, Lynn, I certainly uh, enjoyed visiting with you this morning. As always, Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. I could talk to you and get your opinion on a few things. I think you talk, you brought it up with Auburn. I think you look at Auburn going to enjoy the off week, and you certainly don't have to travel, but you're still going to be working. You look at Auburn at 4-2, and two, but uh, not too shabby losses. Texas A&M into Clemson, and again, maybe people are going to find more respect for Auburn after the way they trounce Mississippi State. Well, the same, you know what they do. And, and the same with Ole Miss and Arkansas. Arkansas has lost to uh, Alabama and A&M, and Ole Miss has lost to Florida State and Alabama, and Auburn's lost to Clemson and, and, uh, and, and A&M. So, I mean, you know, the, that's the thing. Those three, those three teams right there, uh, that are in that second tier of the Western Division, second tier of the conference. Those are good teams. I mean, you look at who they, they're all, all three nationally ranked, and look at who they've lost to. It's just, we got to really, you know, the first part of the year, after that first week in particular, everybody's saying, oh, the SEC's overrated, and oh, they're, you know, there's not. The way it's turned out, uh, SEC's looking pretty strong. They got seven teams in the top 25 right now, and I don't, I don't think anybody outside the conference really wants to come in and play uh, most of those ball teams right now.
Hey, I certainly enjoyed it. I, I know you're going to be working, but but take a few minutes and just relax and watch some college football today. Well, I, oh, I'll be watching them. I'll just have my notepad out to figure out what my column's got to be. Hey, certainly appreciate it. As always, Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn, look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Nick. Talk to you soon. That was Lynn Scarborough. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. Thanks for listening to the best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.